This morning we're going to do a quick two-question survey to see how much you trust me. Would you believe me if I told you that I can ride a bicycle? This is a pretty common thing that most people learn to do at some point in their lives. So I'm guessing it's not hard to believe that this is something that I can do, even though you don't have any proof or evidence that I can actually do this. But what about our second question? Would you believe me if I told you that I could ride a unicycle whilst also juggling 20 bowling pins at the same time? I'm guessing this is a little harder to believe since riding a unicycle and juggling are not common skills that most people learn to do at any point in their lives. And I'm guessing there's only a handful of people that can actually do both of these things to the point where they're able to have 20 things in the air while riding a unicycle. So I'm guessing the only way that you would believe that I could do something like this is if I gave you some undeniable proof or evidence that I could actually do it. Now I'll confess, I cannot ride a unicycle, nor can I juggle, so I certainly can't do both at the same time. But the point of the survey is to really just highlight that when you hear something that's completely unbelievable, it's only natural that you're skeptical and that you desire to see some kind of proof or evidence to believe whatever it was that you actually heard. In our verses for today, Peter is writing to some Gentile converts to Christianity. And these converts, well, when they heard the gospel message, the Holy Spirit was sent by God to create and work faith into their hearts. And when these Christians initially came to faith, well, it was easy for them to trust and to believe that God loved them. But trusting and believing that God loved them had gotten far more difficult with their current situation. So these Christians were now facing severe persecution under the reign of Emperor Nero. And plainly put, Nero hated Christians. He blamed them for all the problems that were going on in the empire, and this led the general population to hate and despise Christians as well. And Nero even went so far as to burn Christians alive for confessing their faith. And so even though these Christians heard that God had loved them, and even though they trusted and believed that God had loved them at one point, as the days, weeks, and months of persecution continued, it got harder and harder for them to believe this truth because all of the evidence that was so apparent in their lives led them to believe and was tempting them to believe that God no longer loved them and that God had abandoned them. And this group of converts was in desperate need of some undeniable proof and evidence that God truly loved them. While you and I may not be in the same situation that these Christians were in, have you ever faced some situations in your life that have led you to question God's love? It's just like how the persecution that these Christians were facing was tempting them to do this. Well, so too can situations that bring us a deep sense of, of sadness, grief, and hurt. 
And when we face situations, well, maybe they lead us to ask questions like this. Why are you allowing this to happen in my life, God? How could you ever allow this to happen to my loved one? God, are you really not going to grant me relief from this hardship, trial, and suffering after all this time? The reality is is that when we go through situations that lead us to ask these questions, that there Satan and our sinful nature will be leading us to fall into the temptation, to believe that God no longer loves us and that God has even abandoned us as well. So as we look at Peter's words to these Gentile converts who are undergoing severe persecution this morning, let's see that his words also apply to us. And what we're going to see Peter do in our verses this morning is he's going to start off by giving these suffering and persecuted Christians undeniable proof and evidence that God truly loves them. And once he does this, he's then going to teach these Christians how to properly view the persecutions that were going on in their lives. And Peter begins in our verses for today by telling these persecuted Christians to praise God. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the reason Peter could tell them to do this is because by his great mercy, he gave us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That God himself had given these Christians new birth. Meaning that through the proclamation of the gospel message, God sent the Holy Spirit to work and to create faith in their hearts, bringing them from spiritual death to spiritual life. And it was their faith, their God-given faith, which would then allow them to see the proof and evidence that God had truly loved them. Because their faith wasn't founded on an empty promise. Their faith wasn't founded on a wishful hope. No, their faith was founded on a living hope. Their faith was founded on the resurrection of Christ. The very event that assured them that their sins had truly been forgiven. The very event which assured them that their relationship with God, which had once been broken by sin, was completely and perfectly restored through the work of Christ. These suffering Christians could know that God had truly loved them because God didn't simply say it. God proved it through the work of Christ. And if these Christians had any doubt that they would receive the blessings which Christ's resurrection had won for them, well, Paul assures them that through their faith, which was founded on the work of Christ, that they had an inheritance that is undying, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. And through faith, you are being protected by God's power for the salvation that is ready to be revealed at the end of time. That through faith, these Christians had an inheritance from God. And an inheritance is something that one receives not because of anything they do to earn it as a reward. No, an inheritance is something that one receives because of one's relationship to whom they receive the inheritance from. And through faith, these Christians were children of God. And the inheritance that they would receive 
was the salvation of their souls and eternal life in heaven. And nothing was going to keep them from receiving these blessings from God. Because as Peter mentions to them, God himself is guarding and protecting those who are in the faith from all of the enemies that would seek to devour and oppose them in this life. So these suffering Christians could look ahead to the future with confidence. They could look ahead to the future with confidence because they knew that no matter what was going on in their lives at that current time, that nothing, nothing could separate them from God's love. Christ's resurrection proved it. And the same is true for each and every one of us here today. Nothing can separate us from God's love through our God-given faith. And when we go through those situations that do lead us to fall into the temptation, to doubt God's love, or to struggle to believe if he's really there for us or not, to direct our attention and our focus away from these trials and hardships that our sinful nature and Satan are trying to use to tear away our faith, and to direct our focus and our attention to the empty tomb. The proof that God's love will never leave us. The proof that as we look to the future, we know what the result of our faith will be. The salvation of our souls and eternal life in heaven. And nothing, nothing can take this away from those whom God is protecting who are in the faith. Now, Peter knew that these suffering Christians were in need of undeniable proof and evidence that God truly loved them. And that's exactly what Peter did by pointing them to Christ's resurrection, assuring them that nothing could separate them from God's love. And now with this in mind, Peter goes on to teach these Christians how to properly view the persecutions that they were facing in their lives. And because of this, this being the proof of your salvation founded on the work of Christ. Because of this, you rejoice very much, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. So Peter here doesn't deny that what they're going through is difficult. Doesn't deny that what they're going through is pushing them to really the brink of what they can handle. But what Peter does is remind them of the joy that they have. Joy which persecution can never take away. And he then offers them various words of encouragement that would help them endure the trials that they were currently undergoing. His first word of encouragement is telling them that the trials they were going through were taking place now. Meaning that they were a part of their life here on earth. But they would play no part in their lives in their eternal future in heaven. His next word of encouragement is telling them that these trials are only taking place for a little while. Really, the suffering and persecution that they were facing was just a small blip in their lives when, con when compared to the eternity that they would live in heaven. And his final word of encouragement is telling them that if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. And with these words, Peter was telling these Christians that what they were currently undergoing wasn't by chance, 
That it wasn't as though they were in the wrong place at the wrong time, and that's why they were undergoing this persecution. No, what they were currently going through was God's will. That God was allowing them to undergo this severe persecution. And this didn't mean that God was punishing them for some sins that they had fallen into, or that God was being unjust or unfair in any way. Remember, Peter had just reminded these Christians that nothing would separate them from God's love. That because Christ rose from the dead, they could know that they had been forgiven of all of their sins, and so God wasn't punishing them for anything like that. And God wasn't being unjust or unfair in any way. No, by telling them that this was a part of God's will, Peter was telling these Christians that God had a good and gracious purpose for allowing these things to occur. And God's purpose was so that the proven character of your faith, which is more valuable than gold, which passes away even though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. When Christians face persecution, Satan is going to be there trying to use the persecution as a way to to tear away at the Christian's faith, leading them to believe that God no longer loves them. But what we see here is that God allows Christians to undergo persecution to serve his good and gracious purpose. And Peter uses the illustration of gold being refined by fire to really explain what that purpose is. But just as gold is refined by fire, burning away all of the impurities so that what's left is something that is pure, valuable, and precious, God allows fiery trials to come into Christians' lives. Severe persecution as these Christians were facing and the trials that you face in your life as a way to refine our faith. And a refined faith is a faith that is strengthened to focus on the living hope that we have that is founded on the work of Christ. That God allows trials, persecutions, and sufferings to get us to take our focus off of the treasures of this world and to instead direct them to our eternal inheritance that is waiting for us in heaven. And knowing this, would allow these Christians to endure these trials with patience and endurance, knowing that through these trials, that all of them would result in praise, glory, and honor when Christ would come again. And they could be certain of this even though they had never seen Jesus in the flesh, because as Peter now mentions, though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him now, yet by believing in him, you are filled with a joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, because you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. That through their God-given faith, Peter's audience knew that the facts of the resurrection weren't something that was made up, but were truly the testimony of eyewitness accounts. And Peter here is really encouraging these Christians to continue living by faith and not by sight. Because it was their faith that would assure them of their eternal future. It was their faith which would allow them to look at the sufferings that were taking place in their life and to know that God had a good and gracious purpose behind each and every one of them. And it was their faith 
which would result in the salvation of their souls. It was their faith which gave them the proof and the evidence that God truly loved them. And the faith which had been worked into the hearts of these suffering and persecuted Christians is the same faith which has been worked into our hearts through the proclamation of the gospel message. And it's our faith that allows us to see that God has a good and gracious purpose through all of the trials, hardships, and sufferings that we face in our lives. This doesn't mean that it won't be difficult. This doesn't mean that Satan won't be there tempting us to believe that God no longer loves us, and that God has abandoned us. But it means that we can see our trials and sufferings for what they truly are. And so even as you go through these things, even as you go through the, the good times in this life, and even as you go through the bad times, you know that you can praise the name of the Lord for his good and gracious will. Knowing that your faith is not founded on an empty promise, but that your faith is founded on a promise that God himself gave and that God himself fulfilled. That God himself promised that he would send his one and only son to live the perfect life in our place, to die as the perfect sacrifice on the cross, and to rise from the dead, to give us the assurance that all of our sins have truly been forgiven, and to know that when Christ comes again, even as we go through sufferings, persecutions, and hardships in this life, we know that all of this will result in praise, glory, and honor when Christ comes again. Amen.